welcome to the Disruptance Podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric Forney and Michael Bounds. Mike, every week on the show, we aim to disrupt the way you think about your business in order to make you more profitable and productive. And this week, I aim to disrupt the way you think about big tech and innovation. And what I'm going to argue is that big tech is actually not innovative. In fact, it's not actually helping the customer experience. And unfortunately, we're dealing with this now in a really big way inside of the real estate space where just this past week, uh, we, we learned that Zillow uh, has decided um, that they would go and acquire for a little over 500 million, a company called Showing Time. And so to put this into context for um, non-real estate um, listeners or, or those that maybe are new in the business or don't have showing time in their market, because right now showing time is a service offered in about 380 MLSs um, nationally. But showing time is, is the, the tool that integrates with an MLS that the real estate agent uses to schedule a showing on a seller's property. So if a buyer reaches out to me and says, hey, I want to see... Uh, 123 Main Street at 4 p.m. on Saturday. I'm going to put in the request via showing time, which then sends out the request directly to the seller in order to confirm the appointment. Okay. Right. So Zillow goes out and acquires the scheduling service that's integrated to 380 MLSs or 1 million real estate agents. Okay. So why I say big tech is not innovative is because Nothing about that acquisition is actually innovative. And while all of the conversation from Zillow's perspective centers around providing a better consumer experience, what I'm going to argue is, is this is actually not at all in the customer's best interest. And yet the consumer will likely never know the difference. Right. Zillow's argument is that right now the scheduling process is too cumbersome right. for the consumer because right now they have to go through the agent who then has to go through the seller or the seller's agent to then come back to the agent who then goes back to the consumer. And what I'm going to, and what I believe is that that's actually um, a good thing. There should be friction at times through some processes because not every consumer should be able to see someone's personal home on demand. And what, what I, what I foresee happening is, is that Zillow now will integrate their app with showing time to where the consumer can schedule a showing on demand at one, two, three main street. And you, the homeowner have no way of knowing whether or not, um, the person who's scheduling that is, uh, is fit to, uh, purchase your home or to be inside of your home. The, the pre-qualification and the screening mechanism, um, if the friction doesn't exist, um, is not in the seller or in the homeowner's best interest. And so um, everyone's talking about this acquisition from a data perspective. Yeah. And Zillow's taking the approach of this is for the consumer. And I'm arguing that it's not at all for the consumer at all. It's actually for big tech to become larger more seamless, more integrated. Yeah. Like when you go to Amazon, I want some toilet paper. I literally click a button and an hour later, there's a lady with toilet paper. That's right. And, and, <laughs> and that's a good thing, right? Yeah. Because toilet paper is a commodity right. or whatever you're buying on Amazon is a commodity. However, um, 
real estate is not a commodity. You click on that and then you're in my house. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so there's a, there's a lot of issues that I, that I see um, moving forward with the real estate agent that should concern the agent. The reality is the consumer, in my opinion, will never know the difference. The consumer will gravitate towards what's more convenient, despite the fact that it may not actually be an ideal um, situation for them. They'll gravitate always and forever to what's most convenient. We, that's human nature. Um, and yet, you know, there are multiple reasons why this is concerning. And one of them is, is it's even more information and data to Zillow that delineates the real estate agent whose job is to be fiduciary to the consumer, whose job it is to actually have the customer's best interest in mind at all times. Um, and it, it shifts that fiduciary duty to a functionary role to technology. Yes. Um, what you're seeing is like you, you, you'll eventually be working for Zillow. Like it's literally the, the car maxation of <laughs> real estate. Yeah. So like that's that's kind of what's what is happening. So like you just want to be mindful. If you're okay with that, that's that's one conversation. But we don't we you can't look at this in isolation. They just acquired Dot Loop. Yeah. So like they acquired Dot Loop, which is you know where you know you do all your transactions, you do all your contracts. They just acquired Showing Time, which is where we schedule all of our appointments. What if they acquire your CRM? Yeah, well, they're actually in the process currently of actually building that, but but they do have the ability to go acquire one instead. Yeah, they could just yeah, they Correct. could tell. In fact, now their CRM integrates with um, Dot Loop and with Showing Time. Right. So so you can basically f you can basically feed all of your contract information back and forth through the CRM and the Showing Time app, which to your point becomes. Yeah, you're you're inching closer and closer towards that W two role of of real estate service, um, and when we think about what we talked about last week, we talked about the 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 death of the solopreneur, and the death of the solopreneur is due to technology. Yeah, and it's because it's because the consumer always goes to convenience, and the vertical integration of technology allows the consumer to have more convenience, whether or not it's in their best interest. I remember a couple about, I don't know, this was probably, I don't know, 10 years ago, five years ago. I remember ordering, I was in my model home at Pulte and I must've did something bad. So, <laughs> so I was ordering flowers for my wife on 1-800-Flowers, <laughs> right? So I go on 1-800-Flowers and I have uh, flowers delivered and I noticed that I would go to 1-800-Flowers and then the local flower shop would be delivering the flowers to my wife. What Zillow is doing is literally that. Like, yeah. like where 1-800, that corner floral store was now working for 1-800-Flowers and they were dictating how much they were going to pay for those flowers and you were going to go do the work. Yeah, correct. I mean, we kind of see that now, right? Where, where real estate agents... Um, currently you know advertise in theory on on zillow and then in exchange they get those orders yeah. equivalent to what you talked about with 1-800 flowers they get those orders and then based on that go service the customer Zillow hasn't dictated yet what the consumer will pay for that service 
Um, however, that's, that's the next phase, right? Yeah. Is here's what it will cost um, you to go service this consumer because the showing time integration allows for that to happen. Because there's a big difference between, hey, here's John Doe who's interested in buying a home in Avon, Indiana. And, hey, here's John Doe um, who's interested in buying this house at Avon, Indiana. Uh, he's already scheduled the show and it's approved for Saturday at 4 p.m. Go meet him and we want 30% of your money. He's already earnings. pre through Zillow yeah. Mortgage. He's already here. Pre through their title, title company. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and that's what's going to happen here. I'm going to give you $500. Yeah, absolutely. Go, that, go on with your day, real estate agent. <laughs> and that's the, direct, that's the direction you can see the industry goes, right? Is It was... We were able to ignore as agents the um, the acquisition of Dot Loop because, to some degree, it made sense. Um, and I mean, if you can go acquire a end-to-end contract or, or offer a legal contract document company, then then there's some benefit to doing that. So I, I get it. It's just another revenue stream for sure. for Zillow. Sure. However, we can't ignore now um, the fact that. Zillow has dot loop has joined, has now officially become a broker in all MLSs and acquires the um, data of 1 million real estate agents and their consumers by, by acquiring a showing app. And so the industry now is at a head, which goes, if you're a real estate agent, you have to decide which side of the line you're on. Yeah. And this to me is the ultimate, um, is the ultimate episode of game theory. Are you like, there is, there is this um, unique inflection point now, which is arguably too late. However, we're at this inflection point that goes, um, if you could get every real estate agent to agree to no longer syndicate or um, advertise with Zillow, you could change the trajectory of the next decade to two decades of real estate. Yeah. However, game theory tells us that that's nearly impossible because all of the nearly infinite amount of players in this game of not advertising with Zillow would have to all agree to not advertise. And then no one would uh, have to break the rule or the agreement by advertising. Because unfortunately what we're looking at is, is that if, if you and I say, "Hey, we won't we won't syndicate and we won't spend money marketing on Zillow," but our competitors do, and it is profitable for them, and then it puts you at it. You're not you're you're not doing you know you're at a disadvantage because right. they're exposed out there. So, at the end of the day, we we're doing what's best for our clients. We we have to, but we have you have to manage that. This is existential. This is existential. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it it really does impact what is going to happen moving forward. Um, and having a fiduciary versus a functionary, having someone who understands the market intensely and is working for your best interest is imperative for the consumer. Yeah. And so what will happen when that is gone you're literally going to see like the Amazon of real, like it. And that is not good for the consumer. I, I agree with you. Uh, so it, is there any, is there any hope? 
that some that that doesn't is is this the crash course that the industry is on? Um, can I can if I'm a real estate agent, can I just continue to ignore it and pretend it doesn't exist or may not impact me? Or what is what is the hope? The hope to me um, is you have to literally use their playbook. You have to focus on customer service. Yeah. You have to focus on being a better agent. You have to offer, you know, you know, multiple services um, to make your world bigger so that you can then control your cost and you can do it at a higher level with a lower cost and be competitive. Yeah. So basically vertical integration is what I hear you saying is, is the ability to, um, the ability to, provide a, a better consumer experience across a wider array of service offerings. And that's the reason why the solopreneur, we talked about this yeah. last week, that's the reason why that is an extinct animal because there's yeah. no way that you can serve people the way they need to be served with that behind you. With that on-demand requirement. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's just too big. And, you know, we don't, we we try not to make this a Keller Williams-related conversation, right, despite the fact that both of us are in leadership within Keller Williams. But, you know, this is, this is something that was brought to our attention several years ago by Gary Keller, the visionary founder of Keller Williams, it was that, this was the direction the industry was going yeah. and we had a, we had a decision to make and they would be hard decisions to make. And, and one of the things that would have to be done is that like, I, I think about this when we, when we look at Netflix, you know, there's, there's like the, the digitization of, of content really started with blockbuster, then became Netflix then Hulu came along and tried to disrupt and compete with Netflix mm-hmm. and arguably Hulu had a better product. In fact, people um, were, were often cited the overwhelming majority said Hulu's platform was better than Netflix from a user experience. And so um, Netflix just decided they would just go basically rip off and duplicate Hulu's experience because they had a larger network of users. Right. Okay. And Netflix was the dominant player for a long time. And what I would argue is, is we, as we were doing off air was that Netflix actually hasn't innovated since house of cards. Yeah. Their first innovation was digitizing content and dis- and distributing it. Then it was creating their own in-house content. And what interestingly was, um, here recently is that Netflix, in my opinion, has actually lost their market share power to Disney plus. Okay. And the reason why they've, the reason why Disney plus has been able to disrupt Netflix is because Disney plus actually had the content that people wanted. Right. And Disney plus made more strategic acquisitions by going out and acquiring (laughs) Marvel and by acquiring um, Fox and by acquiring the star Wars um, series and, and through acquisitions and then through developing those lines even further with the typical great Disney content. They own the product. Now Disney actually has grown at a far greater pace than what Netflix did. And in fact, just last week, Disney significantly outpaced their um, projected earnings for Q4, despite the fact that the parks were at limited or nearly no capacity. 
um, Disney outperformed Netflix in Q4 earnings report, and and yet Netflix had nearly a decade head start. Yeah, yeah. They took so what the 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 advantage that Disney has is they already own the content, they own the product. Where Netflix came in, I remember I, I was an early adopter of Netflix, and if you watched, if you had Netflix at first, you could like see like I don't know cats playing like. They didn't own the content. So then they are they are a slave to people giving them content. Correct. So as them getting into it, they are a disruptor in that in that regard. But since then, they haven't done anything. They've yeah. literally rested on that. And so is that good for the consumer? No, not at all. In fact, you know, the larger a company becomes, the harder it is for them to innovate because you have to be willing to destroy a, a lucrative portion of your existing business right. in order to actually continue to grow and evolve. In fact, it's, it's uh, part of a, uh, a great um, research and, and course at, at Harvard called uh, The Innovator's Dilemma, right? which was basically, are you willing to disrupt your own business and, and cause harm to your own profit um, stream in order to do what's best for the next 20 years, yeah. which means you'll have to actually cause economic harm to your right. existing business. And so when I think about this example of Netflix, uh, Hulu and Disney plus, I actually see Zillow as the Netflix. They, they digitized real consumer search. Yeah. They digitized the Zestimate, which was wildly inaccurate to start with. Right. And has become more accurate over time as they as machine learning improves, and yet when we look out into the future, we'll continue to go on this path where Netflix, aka Zillow, gains market share. If someone like a Disney Plus doesn't come along and and have the actual network of product, yeah, to exert dominance, right, and in this case. I think Keller Williams with 180,000 real estate agents has the product to be the Disney plus because with 180,000 real estate agents in a, in a, in a tech platform that allows 180,000 plus real estate agents to machine learn their data. Yeah. It is actually more uh, powerful and more consumer centric than what Zillow currently can offer by merely having the consumer side of the transaction. Keep in mind they're playing catch up. Yeah. So we you have we have the bodies, we have the expertise, we have the information and the data already. So as long as we lean into the technology, correct. That's our hope. Like that's what it is. We have to lean into our tech collectively. Correct. And that's, and, and so hear me out that I'm not, this is not a KW propaganda piece, right? Although clearly I have, I have a bias or I wouldn't be in a leadership position with the company. Right. Uh, so what, what I'm saying is we can no longer as an industry ignore yeah. the fact that this is the direction we're going on. Yeah. And we have a choice to make. You can either decide to be a maverick and do it alone, or you can, you can, uh, decide to partner with what might be the best option of Disney plus, which at this point in time, the only one I'm aware of that's actually building technology to try to, uh, to prevent the, the complete tech disruption of real estate is Keller Williams. 
Right. Nobody with, else is thinking of this. Like he's Gary's been talking about this. Nobody. Everybody's been sleeping. You know, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny too, Mike. You're absolutely right. Like, here's the thing: is uh, Gary's incredibly, incredibly uh, amazing visionary, and and I could go on a whole different podcast as to why I think that. I'm sure, but um, what's fascinating is I remember. Um, I remember Gary saying one time in Gary's mastermind. So Gary's mastermind is basically like the top one to 200 real estate agents, um, in the, in the country, get together, have a mastermind and about, you know, whatever the, the hot topic is of, yeah, of the moment. And then, and then, and then, um, it goes for, you know, I, ideally few hours and, and then, uh, every month. But anyway, um, in one of Gary's masterminds, you know, um, Josh team, the president of, uh, Keller Williams, I guess, CEO of Keller Williams now. Um, and, and Gary was in there and interestingly, Gary said that, that Josh had tried to talk Gary into making technology, the push for the company long before Gary finally realized that that was the actual direction that things need to go. Yeah. And so Josh was like, you know, I had to just basically be consistently drip the same narrative over and over and over and over until one day it, it clicked. And, and then that became the, the realization that we no longer were in the real estate business. We were in the technology business yeah. servicing real estate because that was the only way that real estate agents could, could be ahead of the Netflix of, of our industry of Zillow. Right. Because right now, every month Zillow is averaging about 60 million unique consumers trafficking the website. Okay. Okay. So figure there are 330 million people in this country, 60 million unique visitors monthly, roughly. Okay. Um, it's a lot of visitors. Yeah. Uh, put this in perspective. Redfin, I believe, is like number four on the, on the search. And they have, uh, I believe, five million. So 10% okay. at number four. Okay. So an overwhelming majority of the traffic goes through the Zillow network uh, of search, which means the only, um, the only thing preventing Zillow from going really completing the bridge here from consumer uh, from technology to consumer is not having the service model. Right. The only piece missing right now is someone to service the customer. Right. Right now we're doing it. Correct. So once they bridge that gap, that's right. Guess who's doing it. It changes significantly. That's right. Either they be either, either truly they absorb pre-existing agents and, and plug them in to be Zillow agents or they, have W two employees that they train to be real estate agents. Yep. One of the two, one of those two options exists. So the the inflection point now is is will real estate agents decide to bridge that gap or yeah. decide to instead partner to focus on technology and improving their relationship with the database and where the consumer goes to search. And right now, the only place I know that Attempting to do that at a high level with machine learning is Keller Williams. You, you want to know what the, the dilemma is? This is the dilemma. Me and you are really good at our job. Yeah. yeah. Right? We're, I mean, I'm so, you're better than, it, than I am, but we're good at our jobs, right? So the problem is we are coming from a 
I always talk about the 80 20 rule. Yeah. We're in the top 20. Yeah. 20%. There's 80%. 80% is looking at this and they're like, meh. Correct. So, yeah, correct. Like, this is how I look at politics, by the way, is exactly that way. Where <laughs> I look at it and go, I, I, I'm not educated enough. I'm going to default to those that know better. Um, can someone fix this problem? Right. And that's the approach that a lot of agents have right now is, hey, yeah, I can't do anything about it. So I hope someone else can go fix it. It's a problem until it becomes a problem. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and so we're we're at the door of this becoming a problem for the industry that every agent gets really familiar with. And, and that's why I think that um, if you're an agent now who's not taking notice of the direction the industry is going, if you've ignored it or, or pretended that the, the tech disruption part of it didn't matter, uh, you can no longer take that stance. And, and you know, it really doesn't matter what company someone is with. Yeah. Whether that's a Remax Century 21, you know, that Coldwell Banker, it makes no difference. Right. At this point in time, this is a matter of do you want the industry to look the way it does currently? Or do you want the industry um, to decide whether there are safety concerns that you should ignore due to a lack of screening because the consumer can get on-demand showings? Um, should you be able to um, have on-demand hours, or would you like to set your own hours in the future? Right. Would you like for the, the Would you like to um, have something scheduled to have dinner with your family, and then? Zillow to decide that instead you'll actually be showing a house 30 miles across town? Or would you uh, like to work together as an industry to actually do something to, to change the direction that the industry is going? Because at this point in time, there is nothing that leads me to believe that there will be any government intervention as far as right. antitrust regulation yeah. that will prevent this merger, which means we're on a collision course towards um, technology delineating the real estate agent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what would you say to the consumer that is like, I like just going online, clicking on something and then getting it or going there. So like I was thinking of Carvana and how they're like trying to wipe out the car yeah, dealership. The car yeah. Dealer. It's like when I bought my last car, I hated my experience. Yeah. A lot. And I was like, I'm definitely using Carvana next time, even if I have to pay a little bit extra. So what would you say to like the consumers like that, that are like, maybe instead of buying a car, they're like, oh, if, I, if Zillow's going to want like pre-approve me and give me everything that I need, what would you say to them? They're like, hey, I'm going to go click on these houses to go look at this weekend because I can type in this code that they text me at the door yep, yep. and I can just go and buy it technically. Cause I've got this pre-approval letter. Yeah. I got a pre, I got a, like app. they, like the, like their system and their like idea, it works in this theory or yeah. in this situation. So what if it works? I guess, what would you say to that consumer? Okay. So, um, I'm with you on the car thing. So I bought, the last two vehicles without seeing them online, had them shipped. I bought them, I bought mine through shift, which I own stock in. So they're like a Carvana. So you should use shift instead. Um, but, uh, but I didn't see the vehicle. And um, in fact, I didn't, uh, there was a hang up with shipping. 
I didn't get the vehicle for like 45 days after I had purchased it, which is, uh, which at the time I thought was arguably one of the dumbest things I'd ever done was just like bought blind faith that I was going to get this car that I didn't have after I'd already made a payment. Um, and then, um, I, and then bought, uh, our most recent one and had it shipped from Pennsylvania because I hate dealing with car dealerships. Like there is nothing worse than working with a car dealership. And so I'm with you. However, um, that's a depreciating asset that I wanted nothing to do with because it makes zero financial sense. It was just a utility. Real estate, we have to look at as as more dynamic in the sense that it's both a it's a storehold of value, and it provides um, it provides the the human need of shelter. So there are multiple elements at play that currently we're not doing online. Now I realize that fidel fidelity is 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 kind of toying with the idea of robo advisor. Fidelity and Vanguard are both trying to see if that people would Kept be willing. Advisors out. Yeah, they're trying to see if people would be willing to take robo advisors. And in fact, there's a chart on their site about um, different demographics that are willing to uh, allow a robo advisor to advise their financial investing. And as you might imagine, those that are under 25 currently are far and away more willing to allow robo advising than those over 30, 40. Now, what I don't know is, is that we can't look at it and say, okay, well, that means that that generation will always agree to robo advising because when you have nothing, losing nothing still means nothing. Right. Right. So if the robo advisor doesn't save you money on, um, on tax harvesting, the same way that the the expert who knows how to deal with high net worth or moderate net worth individuals does doesn't really matter. So I will be curious to see the older people get, the more they acquire wealth, the more they want to keep it, which means there's likely the need for a human specialist to be involved, but at least they're toying with robo advisors. When we tie it back to real estate, I look at it and say, okay, the, the process is incredibly cumbersome to transact and to some degree it should be because this is the largest industry from a storehold of wealth in the, in the country and as a GDP and as a, as a, a economic reserve currency, we can't have another global economic crisis on the backs of real estate. Regulation is what allows the, um, decreased likeliness of another global uh, recession due to real estate. But Jane Doe walking into and scheduling a door, uh, uh, a house on demand and then purchasing it. There's zero friction to prevent that person from buying something that's not in their best interest True. or buying something that's financially cumbersome and burden. And then the spirals downward. My job. This is the thing. There's a, my job is I'm a coach. AI doesn't do that. Like AI doesn't do that. So my job is I get you from point A to point B. I empower my people. I give them all their, my clients, I give them the information they need so that they can make an informed decision that's best for them and their family. So what's happening is if that gets cut out, We've already seen what 
the perversion of like Wall Street. What happens when an algorithm is controlling where people are living? Yeah. And people are staying. Yeah. So I don't even think that our feeble minds can imagine what this could look like. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can't. I mean, because the reality is like, because tech is evolving so rapidly, we can't even. We don't uh, even know. I was thinking the other day, I (laughs) had someone who was having breakfast and um, I was sitting at the table and I, and I turned off the alarm from my phone and then I turned the TV on and then I changed the thermostat and then I could technically turn the lights on if I wanted to and I could turn music on in the house and then I could probably go start my car and open the garage door and um, unlock the front door and I could play music at the office while I'm not even there. That was and on a phone. you could look on a camera and you could look. Yeah. <laughs> Right. And so I was like, it just dawned on me. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm on a phone. Yes. And so I pulled up a YouTube video of rotary phones and I just had to show it to him because I was like, let me show you what a phone looked like when I was a kid. And because if you would have told someone in 1987 that they would use a rotary phone to do all of the things I just mentioned, absolutely not. Like you were certifiably insane. Yeah. And and yet that's the direction that technology is, is rapidly evolving. And, and if we as a industry don't get out in front of that, then that's what it will look like. To be honest with you, I think that this is a challenge. And the, the point that I was wanting to make to your question from a consumer perspective and a coaching perspective is this is just going to force me to be doper, to be better. Mm-hmm. And so because this is the thing. There's things that AI and artificial intelligence and algorithms can't provide that I do. And so it's my job that I uh, outperform them in, in that in that regard. So that's kind of much. That's the way I think that it'll actually improve from a consumer perspective. Yes, if it forces the industry to level up, it, it improves. Mm-hmm. But I think in conclusion, you know, there's there's two ways we prevent this. It's one, improving the skill set, absolutely. Improving skills, improving knowledge, improving the service overall that you provide from the human to human element. And then we have to we have to stop ignoring the fact that that technology is on a collision course to real estate. And it's not technology from a CRM perspective. That's that's technology from two. That's from ship to sail, bro. That's like right. we're talking. That's that. This is <laughs> this is machine learning as yeah. far as as far as looking at when are your based on consumer behavior uh, is Jane and John Doe pl- going to be moving in the next six months, and what do you as the agent need to do in order to help them prepare for that next um, stage of life in order to to accomplish their desired goals. And what that means is that um, we can decide that we can either keep paying third-party companies for technology or we can, we can pay real estate agents making technology for real estate agents. So in this case, I go back to the only company I'm aware of doing that at this point is Keller Williams that's building technology for real estate by real estate agents where the technology is owned by the agent itself. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you're and the thing is, 
And he, we've been doing that for how many years? Yeah, for for almost four years now. And if nobody else is, we're like, now's the time. So yeah. if you are behind, we've been doing this for four years. If you haven't, if they haven't started doing this, they're already behind. That's right. It's Disney Plus. It's literally Disney Plus. It's it's content made by the content creator and the dispersion that's uh, dispersed by the content creator. It's precisely the technology route that Keller Williams has been pushing for the last four years. And, and a lot of people have, have ignored that because it wasn't real. Well, now that, uh, now that the number one and only application to schedule showings and do your job is owned by a technology threat, uh, there's no longer the ability to ignore it. It's time to take notice and do something different.